Greetings, my RTAF friends, and welcome to another episode of the RTAF Podcast. Thanks for being here. As always, I'm Andrew Norris, your host. This week we have the amazing Jessica Perlstein. Jessica is a painter living in San Francisco, and in this episode we dive into her backstory. All the way from having uh, creative parents as a child, being pushed towards making art, to going to art school, and then finding some independent mentors afterwards while delving into the live painting and festival art community. And she even talks about a three-year break she takes from painting, only to emerge with a new and exciting style, completely changing things up. And I just really respect artists who can do that. And uh, Jessica has pulled it off really well. So be sure to check out her work. You can find her at Jessica Perlstein on Instagram and uh, JessicaPerlsteinArt.com. Go check it out. And this week we have two new Patreon subscribers. Big shouts, big shouts to Charlie Poteski. He is making some cool art. Went and checked that out the other day. Very cool, man. Keep up the good work. You can find him at Charlie Poteski. If you're wondering how to spell that, look in the description. I have a link there. Go check him out on Instagram. And huge shouts to Tom Nance. Thank you, my friend, for supporting the podcast. You and Precious also invited about 300 people to the group on Facebook, which reminds me, go check it out. It's called RCAF Pod Squad. It's just a little just a little community group kind of thing and we are growing the squadrahedron is growing so thank you tom and you can find him at the frybrarian on soundcloud i've got a link down there in the description as well down there in the description so go on and check it out uh yeah let's go ahead and get right into the show here here is jessica pearlstein about my diet <laughs> well sometimes i do you know like yeah. sometimes there's like questions about routine and stuff like that yeah 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 um but jessica perlstein welcome to rcaf yay i'm excited to be here yeah i'm excited that uh we got to do this like you're in town till sunday you're up here at random morgan's house and yeah we're shimmying on up here to make this happen yeah yeah i just needed to get out of my house i I live in the fog belt of san francisco and i love my neighborhood it's really close to the beach i can just bike to the beach and it's chill it's not in the middle of the city so it's a house and my studio is in the living room with like all these big windows that cover the whole wall so i love it but when it's summertime it's a foggy the whole time really every day for three months like and all throughout the day all throughout the day oh, and wow. it's like what we call fraining like like thick fog so thick it feels like rain you get wet so and is it cold yeah it's like 50 degrees all summer what? and everywhere else is super hot so people like look to me and they're like you have no idea how good it is but uh i love the heat so i don't know it just that kind of weather makes me feel kind of like unmotivated and mopey so yeah uh and i was just feeling housebound which i i can be very hermity 
So uh, yeah. I like it, you know, I like being a homebody, but then sometimes I get like an itch to leave. And so I'll leave and flights are a little cheaper now. So. Yeah. It's good to switch it up too, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I got my eyes set on Colorado. I don't know if it's going to happen, but oh, really? I'm kind of so putting my feelers out, out awesome. um, seeing what's next. Cause I've been in my same place for 13 years and it's probably time for a change. Yeah. So sweet. Well, yeah, again, thanks for uh, agreeing to, to sit down and do this. Yeah, this is fun. hell yeah. This is exciting. My first podcast I've ever interviewed for, so it's nice. pretty cool. Nice. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to do it with you. Sweet. Yeah, it's um, it's our, it's our, kind of our first time talking, I think, like in depth. I know I've like yeah. passively met you at a festival or two, maybe. Yeah. But it's like those can be kind of blurry, right? You know? Right. Yeah. I, I have a hard time remembering people at festivals because there's so many people coming in and out. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I know, I definitely know of you and your art. I know you're a painter in the scene and I'm really happy to get to know you more now. Yeah. Likewise. Um, so usually how I start out is just, I want to just ask you about your story, how you got into mm. making art, why you do it, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess we can start as far back as as you think is relevant. Yeah. Like maybe childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is that where you started to make art in yeah. the first place? Yeah, I've been making art since I was little. Um, my family's very creative. I feel very blessed that they've always supported me creatively, and it kind of runs in the family. Uh, my dad was a photographer in the 60s for rock bands and oh really uh, yeah and jazz bands so he did really famous photographs of the grateful dead and bob marley and led oh. zeppelin and just like anything anything you can imagine did he take this um, i mean not, not tool that's a little later well, no, well so this is <laughs> but, this is the dead with a oh. tool shirt on <laughs> oh <laughs> shout well, out supercilious who made this um but i love both those bands so i was like yeah really... I, i'm not sure I, he has so many thousands hundreds of thousands of photos i haven't even seen them all so <laughs> but nice. you know uh i'll just drop his website music images <laughs> musicimages.com yeah nice so um also my mom as she retired she started quilting and she's like painting with fabric basically now like uh you know my cousin is a musician um and so there's a lot of art and yeah. family um but i think you know my dad's old career it was a huge influence on me sure. and i feel like i kind of maybe followed his footsteps a bit you know going into the festival world later yeah as an artist not a photographer but kind of like you know i grew up with the grateful dead i'm not a deadhead sorry I, <laughs> <laughs> but i grew up with it and <sighs> it was my first concert when i was six years old and so oh, that really? whole vibe and family is just like infused in my blood you know yeah yeah, yeah. um so, yeah, I mean, I've been drawing and making art since I was little. Um, one of the first things that inspired me was horses. I was obsessed with horses, <laughs> any kind, horses, pegasus, unicorns, merry-go-rounds, you know, all, <laughs> yeah. the, all of it. And, you know, I lived in a suburban neighborhood, so I couldn't have one. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I drew them and, and I taught myself how to draw based, basically because of that, you know. Nice. Um, yeah. And then later, um, my dad had a music archive, like he was really into trading bootleg 
concert tapes and and he created collected this whole archive of so many shows and he had a whole library in san francisco um and i would go there and hang out while he did his thing and he had this collection of gig posters there and the one i remember the most was the jefferson airplane one and it Uh was just so cool to me yeah just the way it was designed and so i just deep dived into the gig poster movement of the 60s you know like like Wes Wilson and mm-hmm. Lee Conklin and Stanley Mouse and all that. And yeah. that was probably my first, uh, I like, guess, exposure in- to psychedelic art. Nice. Um, Would you count that as like an influence as well? Definitely. Yeah. Huge. Yeah, yeah, that and tattoos. I've always been into tattoos. I don't yeah. have any, but <laughs> <laughs> I just prioritize travel. But I've okay, always nice. been into the whole graphic design look mm-hmm. um so i wanted to be a rock poster artist i actually took screen printing classes in school and um i went to school for illustration um but as i you know i got all the equipment to be a screen printing rock poster artist and then nice. i discovered g clay printing and that you could just print a painting on canvas and sell it for a lot more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I ended up going in that direction, but um So how how old were you when you first started? Like really young, like 6, 7. Probably like 4 oh, 4 wow. years old. I mean, I was I was really into coloring books as a kid and like I was always into the I'm always into rainbows, like the whole rainbow spectrum. I would arrange my crayons in a line like in front of me and uh It's all good. <laughs> yeah, I I always was playing with the spectrum of color, mm-hmm. even as a kid. Uh, even with my toys, I would like organize them in colored arrangements, and yeah. so that's always been an influence. Did you go to school for art at all? Yeah. Um, well, when I was younger, I would take kind of summer art classes. My my parents were always we were always really supportive, and even to the point of like like pushing me to go there when I didn't, maybe I didn't even want to, like they would bribe me sometimes. So it's like, they saw something in me that, what would, what would the prize be? Oh, like a, like a phone line, you know, back in the day when you had different phone lines, they bribed me with my own phone line. Nice. (laughs) And so, you know, I did, I did that. I I took all the art classes in high school, like every one you could take. Um, and then I went to art school in college. Um, nice. I, I went to the Academy of Art college or university in san francisco oh nice um and i studied illustration i wanted to be a children's book illustrator but then when i learned about the industry and how like it's like cutthroat like so intense it's like you'd think it would be all nice and sweet but no really what's really really competitive and they have you do a lot of work for not the best in return yeah it just, I just didn't really end up wanting to do it anymore. Um, yeah, 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 for sure. I wanted a little more freedom. This is a side note, but uh, I just started watching this documentary about Bob Ross last night. Oh, cool. And apparently, like, I didn't get all the way through it, but um, the people he was working with, like his business associates, it seems like they screwed him out of, like, a lot of money. Oh, wow. And so we got up to the part where, like, they're about to go into all that, mm. but it was, like, I'm a very like regimented person now and I have a bedtime. So I was like, ah, it's my bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that just reminded me of that when you start talking about children's books, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Is it like, 
did you did you make any at all or no, no. nothing official no yeah. I just you know it's something I did as a kid I used to I, I spent a lot of time alone and I'm still a very solitary person I'm an mm. introvert so things I used to do as a kid I guess kind of weird but I would arrange all my stuffed animals and and I would name them <laughs> and then I oh, would yeah. arrange them in alphabetical order write their list of names and then I would draw an alphabet book based on them oh nice and like that's the kind of stuff that I did for fun so I thought oh I should just do this you know as an artist for a career right right um maybe I could do my own and publish it myself but that's a whole other ball game that is kind of complicated so. yeah so you decided against children's books mm-hmm. illustrating children's books so what what made you jump into let's say i guess you're still in college at this point mm-hmm. um did you start painting at festivals at that no at that juncture or? um so uh my last year of college i kind of figured out that I don't really like illustration. <laughs> yeah. And I told my, the, you know, the head of the department, like, yeah, I don't really like this anymore. And he's like, you got to finish it, you know, like, don't, yeah. don't throw it all away, you know? So I finished it, but I felt really lost. Um, you know, that school really pushes hard the whole video game and movie industry. Mm. And I never wanted to be an in-office artist, you know, like working in an office basically as if I was a computer programmer, but I'd be an artist. Like I never wanted that. I always wanted more freedom. I don't know why I didn't just study fine art, you know? (laughs) Leo in the house. (laughs) Um, So you're kind of at the end of uh, college and you decide that you don't Mm want to study illustration anymore. Yeah. I mean, if I was going to redo art school or art education for myself, I would have not gone gone to art school. I would have sought out very specific artists that teach and uh, learn under them, mm-hmm. like a bunch of them, and take their workshops and then also focus like really hard on business. Oh, I yeah, would have, dude. I would have done yeah. just as much business school as I did art school because yeah. that's always been my kind of downside. <laughs> yeah, it's um, hard to learn that on the fly. After You're like, I'm an artist, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait a second, I'm a business. Yeah. And then yeah. <laughs> that realization precipitates kind of like having to sort of just learn about it from the internet, mm-hmm. which is actually a fine place to learn about it. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I can get into that later cause I did end up learning that on the internet. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but as far as, you know, how things went after art school, um, I was having a pretty hard time in my personal life at that point with Mm -hmm. a variety of things. And I just needed to get out of, you know, San Francisco. Uh, I've learned that one way I cope with things is to get up and leave (laughs) and go travel somewhere. So uh, I was going to do the whole woofing thing. I don't know if you've heard of woofing. Yeah, that's Um, like the organic farming thing. Yeah, I guess, you know, you could trade work trade farming work and garden work for a place to stay in food. So I was looking at New Zealand and all these things. And then like random, super randomly, I just, I like researching interesting things on the internet. So I would, I just typed in shamanism because I thought it'd be interesting to to read about, you know, and I was always into plants and plant medicine and herbalism. So I thought, oh, I just feel like reading about this right now. And so the first site that pops up is this, this travel agency that books trips to Peru Mm -hmm. to, 
you know, stay at a ayahuasca retreat center. What year is this? This just is 2006. Oh, wow. This is, this is my last year of art school and I'm ready to, you know, I graduated and I'm like trying to figure out what to do with my life. Um, I'm heartbroken, mm, <laughs> you know, yeah. and I need to get out and start fresh. Totally. Um, so I found this, this perfect little spot, this, this ayahuasquero named, uh, Don Francisco. He has a place in Iquitos and he speaks a little bit of English. He's also an artist. Oh, nice. And he has a gallery and he has a little art studio. So <laughs> I thought, oh my God, that's perfect. So I just booked the trip. Nice. First time traveling alone. Had no idea what I was getting myself <laughs> into. I didn't. Did you know what ayahuasca no, was? No, I really? didn't. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I never so heard you, of anybody that did it. Yeah. Um, so but, wait, you show up and you're like, what's up, guys? <laughs> yeah, and they're like, much. we're going to do the ceremony. And you're like, what? <laughs> well, I Is did, it like that? or I did a bunch of research on it beforehand because okay. I always make sure I know what I'm getting myself into. I already have okay. been taking psychedelics. Right, so right. like I know about, you know, kind mush, of the map mushrooms. Of the, yeah. I hadn't taken acid at that point, um, but I know about, you know, I know about psychedelics at that point yeah, and yeah. set and setting and intention and all of that. So, sure, yes. um, so I did research and then just showed up and that, that experience from that point on just changed the whole course of my life and career and everything. Nice. Yeah. So, okay, sweet. So <laughs> you come back to the U S and what do you decide to do? Oh, after um, that, or did you travel more? No, I, so I stayed in Peru at that retreat center for three weeks, did two ceremonies a week. Um, and the lessons I learned basically, because I was so lost, I didn't know what to do with my life and my art. I didn't know where I wanted to go. And the visions that I got from that experience just showed me, you know, things to paint that I thought were really beautiful. And nice. it also taught me just how to follow the direction of my heart and just use it as a compass, right? So like, I got that message, but I didn't really understand it fully until maybe two years later. It takes a while to integrate it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So when I got back to the US, you know, maybe about two years later, I moved back to San Francisco. Um, and I've always been a follower of Alex Gray. Mm -hmm. Um, because I was into tool and yeah. <laughs> I saw a tool concert and blew my mind. And that was my exposure to Alex Gray, like nice. a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so he had a Cosm show in San Francisco. Um, and I bought a ticket and I bought a ticket to the talk he did beforehand. And I went, uh, but little did I know that he'd have all these other artists painting there. And I didn't know that visionary art was a thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that there were other artists that, did what he did and so that party blew me to smithereens like it blew my mind completely yeah. i just that's where i discovered carrie thompson and zavi and android and like yeah uh ka was doing her dance and her with the her, feathers with her wings mm -hmm. yeah and that was just so mesmerizing for me just so after that show I was like, that's it. This is what I want to do. Nice. And I was like so impressed with the caliber of the work that I thought, okay, I have to improve, you know? So yeah. I just focused really hard on getting better as an artist and, and looking up to those artists as like, there's some good, you know, like, you know, uh, distanced mentors, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you have any, uh, like closer mentors or anything like that? Anybody? 
mm-hmm. like guiding you along the way? Who would you? So yeah, um, so 2008 was when I started painting at parties. I just you mm-hmm. know I was I went to Burning Man for the first time, came back and just discovered that there's a whole scene in San Francisco. So I started volunteering at parties. And I started seeing people painting at those parties. So I thought, oh, I'll do that. So started painting at parties. Um, and then I did that for two years. And as that, as I kind of built myself up in that way, I started painting at festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, and through the festivals, the parties, and um, his solo art show, I met Andre Jones. Oh, nice. And so... You know, we just kind of like wove past each other every so often, and uh, somehow it he came up to me at a party and he said, "Hey, I'm looking for some help as an assistant, and I'm wondering if you would like to be that person." Oh, and cool! It's just like I did not expect that at all. Right? Yeah. Uh, but of course, I said yes because at that point I was a total fangirl, and I'm like, <laughs> "Oh my God, yes, please!" And like. <laughs> And uh, I didn't know anything about digital art at all. I was a total traditionalist. I thought, digital painting, not that into it. But I always loved his art because I think he does a really great job at weaving in between the two realms of traditional and digital. Well, you can tell he knows how to actually paint if he wanted to like put paint on a canvas. (laughs) Yeah, he's a master for sure. And I still look up to him as that. Uh, And I still find him to be a teacher, even though we haven't worked together in 10 years but at that point you know he and I I guess started a mentor apprentice relationship and so he had me like organizing his like crazy warehouse full of shit and (laughs) (laughs) driving him to the airport and just like helping him out and then he would teach me art skills and I would watch him paint his paintings like right there um and he would just give me all these nuggets of wisdom all the time. And yeah, so I learned a lot from him. I feel like I'm still learning a lot from him. It's like all those seeds that were planted. It's like same thing as integrating an ayahuasca journey. It's like the integration comes out later as mm-hmm. you keep exploring and keeping exploring. You yeah. Know? So, so he was my main, like my first major mentor that I worked with for a good year and a half, I'd say. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, I hear that uh he does have like a like a lot of wisdom to share. Oh my god. So he was on he was uh like a clubhouse all-star when we were both on there back in the uh-huh. spring or whatever. And it was yeah. just nice to like just hear the guy talk and just go on. Oh my god, everything that comes out of that guy's mouth is like a nugget of wisdom. You're just like <laughs> Yeah, for <Wow>. sure. <laughs> yeah. Um so, okay, after you're done working with Android, have you gone to any festivals at any point? At yet? that point? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Are you selling so, your art there, too? So 2009 was when I started going to festivals for the first time, and I started seeing other artists just like, first just painting, and then I saw one artist set up a table with prints, you're right? Like, and at hmm. that time, I was working, you know, a minimum wage job at a garden center. And <laughs> and then I thought, oh, I could do that. So I start selling prints of these, like, really basic paintings. My first life paintings were really simple. Mm-hmm. Just, like, uh, black background with 
a rainbow spectrum of symmetrical line work basically. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was selling prints of that and I discovered that I could make more money doing that than my day job. So Sweet. I, at, uh, around 2010, I quit my day job and that was the first time I quit any kind of like normal job and started just doing the whole festival world art hustle. <laughs> um, That's a fun grind. <laughs> <laughs> it was totally fun for me at the time because I'm like, I could get paid to party, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, you get into all these events for free. And, um, but also I just, because of this line of artists I was looking up to, I had something to aspire towards. And so I would work really hard to getting there to that point of, of, you know, being able to show with these people. And eventually it happened. Um, I was working on a piece, uh, called Guy and I's Goddess. It's, um, the second visionary piece I've ever done. It's mm -hmm. completely influenced by that ayahuasca experience. And I was halfway through it and I took it to a park party in Golden Gate Park. It was some concert party. Just thought, Oh, live paint at this party. And, uh, I meet a guy named Rio there mm -hmm. <laughs> and Rio, Rio is an interesting character and he started this event called Alchemize where he decided to fly out all these visionary artists to Hawaii to oh, open a portal with their painting <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's how I got to know all the visionary artists really well and nice. like felt really accepted into their family. Um, so that was really exciting for me. Yeah. Um, then I started getting involved with the Tribe 13 gallery and like helping them out and getting closer to Jen. And yeah, I felt just completely held by this amazing family of yeah. artists. It was just, <clears throat> I didn't expect this at all. You know, I didn't set out as a younger person to right. do this. It just kind of happened as I, as I, you know, what ayahuasca taught me followed my, my inner compass. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's nice to like be that in tune with it that you can, you like seeing something and it resonates and you're like, that's it. I'm going to follow that. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, it, that's kind of difficult for a lot of people. Like, I don't know why. Oh yeah. Uh, it's really hard because it's easy to get caught up in your mind and your mm. brain and like life and all the things that come at you. Um, you know, it's not, it's not easy at all. I, I struggle with it all the time. Yeah, you know, yeah. I feel like maybe at that point in my life, I, there was a purity, um, that came from like being so fresh and new to so many things and, uh, traveling for the first time and just like having my eyes opened completely for the first time. There's this like, you know, early 20s like purity like innocent yeah. like thing that happens almost a little naive you know totally, <laughs> that totally. like gets you there and it's really beautiful and I love that I love it when I see it in people you know yeah so did you ever have to go back to another like day job or anything like that yeah 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 I I I like I'm a big fan of day jobs because I think that putting in, unless you're really 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 crushing it and like you can regularly make as much as you need every month to pay all your bills and then some and you could save with your art uh i think it's it, unless that's happening i think it's worth it to have a day job because otherwise i at least for me i felt like i was sacrificing a lot of 
of uh, my creative freedom and doing things I didn't like. And it's like, if I do enough things I don't like art-wise, I stop enjoying making art and that's not that's never good exactly yeah. um, so i i like day jobs that are, are you know have nothing to do with art and i can just kind of like turn off from that for a bit and reset and also i like flexibility so i'm yeah. pick, i'm picky with day jobs oh you know? for sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah i uh, i did doordash for the first time in like over a year like maybe about a month ago yeah and so like it's always nice to have like one of those gig jobs mm-hmm. i guess like maybe you're an uber driver or like yeah i like gig jobs i don't do uber but some of the other ones i'll do yeah i like i just like being able to set my own schedule and you know ever since i quit my first day job uh i haven't been able to look back and say hey i'm gonna let somebody else dictate my schedule in my life <laughs> right, <laughs> like i right. can't go back to that right, anymore exactly, and yeah. if i absolutely had to then yeah but it's like if i don't have to then i won't I think that was a mistake that I made. It's like I quit my job too early. Mm-hmm. I like moved out to Colorado. I've been painting for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I can either go to Italy, pay all this money to go to Italy and study with like visionary artists there, or I can keep my job. And I was like, I don't need this job. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I left and it was great. I'm glad that I did it, but it also put me through like, Kind of a lot of stress yeah. like, after that. I would encourage any new artist to keep their day job until they're really, really like solid and yeah. consistently making money off of their art to the point where they know they could support themselves. And that brings up the business thing again. Like, mm-hmm. unless you have studied business either from a school or on the internet, like, yeah, maybe like give that like as much thought as you do, like, definitely what you're working on. I don't think it's stress enough how important it is to young artists especially if like in my illustration school we had one business class just one out of the four years of all the classes that I took yeah and that's not enough I think you need at least 50 percent yeah and I mean specifically for the arts too because there are so many little avenues that you can take like licensing your work or like you know how to be a good salesperson like in person Mm -hmm. you know or like yeah connecting with people you know yeah and it's not natural for a lot of artists a lot of artists are weird and just like socially awkward and yeah i'm totally all those things so (laughs) right i think like festivals sort of beat that out of you Mm -hmm. you know in a way you know Uh, that's what i love so much about festivals because i'm actually like a pretty shy person Uh so i don't i have a hard time going up to people and just talking so what i liked about painting (laughs) at festivals is like people would come to me right you know because i had this thing that was attractive bright light (laughs) You know, I, it's like somebody wanted to come up to me and look at, you know, then we had something to talk about too. You know, I wasn't just like grasping at straws, trying to come up with something to say. Yeah. So it's a great icebreaker and yeah, you actually meet a lot of cool people that way. So many, I met so many of my friends through it. It's, it's such a great thing. Um, yeah, I, I can't. (laughs) When was the last time you went to one? A festival? Yeah. I went to one last week. Oh, nice. Sweet. <laughs> That's part of the reason why I came out here. Oh, I went sweet. to a little like family style dancing camp out and it was so lovely because this is the first one I've experienced in probably a good two and a half or so years. You know, it's like the first festival after this whole pandemic that I was able to go to and it was small enough that it just felt really chill. And yeah, yeah, it was really sweet. How'd you do with the pandemic? 
Um, I actually did really well because I, I'm an introvert and mm -hmm. I love solitude and I can be a hermit and I, I felt so relieved at the lack of social pressure that I had. Like I had the excuse to stay at home and just introvert hard yeah 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 <laughs> you know yeah. and i loved it i soaked up every single second of it and like as soon as things started opening up again i have all these friends coming at me like come over we miss you and i'm just like oh gosh okay <laughs> yeah um it feels good to to get out again but um and have balance but it was just so relieving to just be able to stay in for like a very extended period of time with no guilt Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. And um, so I took the opportunity to um, take, like, go to school, basically. I um, Oh, nice. I kind of just relearned some basics, some art basics, just um, composition studies, color theory, um, because, you know, I learned all that in art school, but it's always good to get a refresher. Yeah. Um, and I took some oil painting classes and palette knife painting classes all online, which was so cool. Like I was so excited that I could take workshops from all these artists and, and I was taking dance workshops too, <laughs> just from people all over the world. Like I suddenly had access to all these, all this information and education. Um, and that's where I also took a three month long online business course for oh, artists. And nice. so it's just kind Talk of push that. a reset button for me. Yeah. So what was the business class for artists about? Who'd you take it with? And um, So her name is Mary Gilkerson. She's a older Southern landscape <laughs> painter. And, you know, there's a bunch of different artists that teach online business for artists. Um, but I liked her because she she's really down to earth. You know, she's mm -hmm. Southern and like she's yeah. just like chill and like really relatable and just like I love her whole vibe and her whole uh approach because her approach is about all about like little baby steps every day yeah. which is like so good for me because one thing that I, one reason why I stopped really getting that deep into the festival world and um painting at parties is because I burnt out hard yeah, I burnt out hard. I was doing festivals every weekend and it's like, it's a lot of energy and I just sure got way too <laughs> ahead of myself and realized that I'm actually a, a much slower paced person. And, uh, I, I actually stopped painting for a, a long time because I, uh, I just got so burnt out. I mean, I could go pretty deep into what happened there. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, uh, when, what year was this? So you've been, you started um, in 2009 painting yeah. the festivals and then when did you kind of stop for a little bit um i think it was around 2014 oh really um there's a lot of things that happened but um i started feeling disconnected from the art family a bit yeah started feeling a little and i don't know how much of this this is probably a lot of it in my head but because i basically like started getting really like heavy in my head and yeah. started having kind of like this anxiety uh like identity crisis type thing because i i stopped feeling connected to the family i stopped feeling connected to my art and so i i had you know i felt like a fake you know because people would come up to me and i wasn't connected to my art so 
you know, I'd have to pretend that everything was cool, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. it wasn't. And, you know, I, there is this thing called imposter syndrome and I didn't know what it was back then. And I wish I did because I felt so alone. You know, I felt like the only one going through this. And yeah, yeah. apparently a lot of artists go through it. And it's basically like if you're out of alignment with what you're doing, you feel like a fraud. And mm, even right. if you're really successful and everybody looks up to you, it's like, you still feel like a fraud. It's yeah. like, no, it's all bullshit. It's all fake. Like none of that's real. <laughs> and so, you know, I had a really rough time and stopped painting for, you know, a good three years. Really? Um, Just all together. All together. Like I would have anxiety. I would have a panic attack. I'd pull up a paintbrush and like couldn't paint. Really? Yeah. How did so, you, how did you solve that? Or how did um, you move past that? I spent a lot of time like chilling hard, like yeah. moving slow learning how to take care of myself, like learning how self-care, lots of therapy, went to therapy for the first time, started exercising for the first time. I never nice. exercised. So I got into movement and which really helped me, mm -hmm. um, gardening. Um, oh, sweet. so like working with the earth, which I've always been into, but I did it a lot more then and like started learning more about myself and how I work, how I operate. Yeah. And instead of like looking at other people and thinking, oh, they, they go balls to the wall, they go hard. So I should go hard, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and following them. And, and so I, you know, taking a step back and realizing like, no, I'm a little more like slow pace, like baby steps, mm -hmm. just like it's a marathon, not a race. Right. Yeah. And that's what my, uh, business teacher was always pushing, which I love. Yeah. So, um, so what were, <laughs> You said her name is Mary Gilkerson? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What were kind of like, you don't obviously have to go through the whole course with us, but like, <laughs> what were some of the like key points, if you can remember? <laughs> um, <laughs> there's so much. Yeah. Just pick anyone. <laughs> De <laughs> Definitely the <laughs> marathon, not a race thing. Like yeah, yeah. little, doing small. So what she's also, the first thing she teaches is about your routine and your, and you're like, you know, getting in the mindset, like that's, that's first and foremost. And then, and then like building a routine based on the things that you love and rewarding yourself for accomplishments instead of beating yourself up for non-accomplishments. Yeah. Which that's is like, that's you know, awesome. I was doing that a lot, beating myself up for not accomplishing. And it's like, why would you do that? I don't know, but <laughs> that's such good advice. I think artists get really First of all, like with imposter syndrome, when you look at someone else and you're like trying to judge how you behave based on other people's behaviors, like mm -hmm. it's always like a endless bottomless pit of like, yeah. oh, it could be better. Why am I not like so-and-so, you know? You can't compare yourself to other people and I do it all the time and that's like my biggest yeah. vice is that and it's just you can't because everybody's so different. Everybody has right. a different path. Everybody has a different brain and process and like life experience and it's just you just can't compare. You you know, don't compare, get inspired, right? Exactly, yeah. So. And like I think, I mean, to point out the obvious, uh, social media is like contributing to that a lot oh, it's like wow. yeah. so easy to compare yourself it's so to literally anyone on the planet <laughs> you know yeah there's a lot of unhealthy things about social media but it's also you know great that you can get yourself out there to right. so many people so it's like it's such a double-edged sword yeah it's yeah. like i i'll go ahead and say i wouldn't have an art career without it mm -hmm. but it's also like it can just suck you in and 
I had to, you know, I had to delete Facebook off my phone mm-hmm. recently, <laughs> which because I never like post from my phone onto Facebook, mm. you know, mm-hmm. it's always just like scroll. What's this person saying? Yeah. What's this person <laughs> mad about? Yeah. Who's joking about this? You know, and, and it just like goes on and on and, uh, you know, maybe we shouldn't be able to read everyone's thoughts at any time all yeah. the time you know maybe there should be just a set set time like okay now you can do it but you know there are like things you can do to discipline yourself but i've been a social media addict since i was like 12 years old like because my dad is really he was really into gadgets and he always had like the latest computers and oh, like, nice. cameras and video cameras and so i was on the internet when i was you know i'm 38 right now and, oh, yeah, and yeah. i was on the internet when i was 12 like when it first like chat rooms came out, and like stuff. usenet groups and oh stuff. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah i was yeah. trading bootlegs on usenet groups so i've been on there forever and like was on chat rooms and uh you know live journal and all that and you know before it was cool and everybody did it it was kind of nerdy thing to do and you didn't want to tell anyone that you were online you know because it was like that meant you were a nerd (laughs) right um yeah uh i forget where we were at but oh yeah we were talking about business Mm -hmm. um what what are some other things? So you're taking a mindset every day, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, having a routine. And it's like you, you arrange your routine based on how you know you operate throughout the day. So if you find yourself mostly creative in the afternoon, that's where you set your creative time. If you're a creative night person, you do that at night. Right. And, like, set a chunk of time for for marketing, you know, which is, you know, posting on Facebook and Instagram and your email list and like a blog or whatever it is that you're doing Mm -hmm. to get yourself out there. Um, it's good to set a chunk of time every day to do that. Even if it's just an hour. Yeah. Um, if you get burnt out by that kind of stuff, you know, start small, start with just 20 minutes and then like work up to more, you know, I found that once I put my marketing hat on, it was hard to take it off. I'd end up like five hours in. I'm like, oh man, I spent way too much time yeah, on yeah, this. Yeah. So it's good to, you know, give yourself like a small amount of time. Yeah. Um, and like for me, what worked for me, I, I'm a variety person. I need a lot of variety in my life. I have ADHD, like kind of crazy. So I, mm-hmm. I get kind of antsy if I put too much focus on something for a long period of time. I don't even like doing long painting sessions. I, I, I operate best with like, lots of different things throughout the day so my ideal schedule is is like wake up drink coffee chill i'm a slow morning person so i just like to read and drink coffee and then and then make breakfast and then spend a couple hours with marketing and then uh, and then paint all afternoon because i like painting with the sunlight yeah um yeah yeah and then like i would you know wind down with some yoga or some exercise and then and then wind down go to bed so that's that's what works for me but everybody's different right so for sure you know you arrange that however works best for you if you want to stay up all night your night owl do it you know right yeah yeah it's good to get into like a healthy rhythm yeah so that's the first step and the next step is to have goals like i never had goals you know never had like yeah you know and she talks about like you know what business people do they have you know q1 q2 you know you set your whole year you break it down into chunks and you and you make them realistic like you're not like oh i'm gonna like i'm gonna buy a house next year you know unless unless that's realistically in your in your trajectory but like make you know make them realistic like 
it's not like quarter one, I'm going to build a new website and like start a new thing and just do all these things and expect to sell like, you know, $10,000 worth of art in one month. Like, right, right, <laughs> you know, right. it's like, you got to be real, like, realistic. Yeah. And so did you do that? Did you mm-hmm. follow those like quarterly goals? Is that a thing? Um, you know, I, I did it goal? at first. I've been really bad at it. My ability to plan is not the best. Um, yeah. Same here. I I've noticed, you know, it takes, it's so much information and it takes a long time to, you know, integrate it. And I think a lot of other people who took the course feel that way and they're a little slow, but you know, it's a, it takes time to really like get it all running. Um, yeah. So uh, that's like, yeah, I definitely have to review. Have you tried, uh, like, this has been helpful for me very like sporadically. I don't do it like regularly enough, Mm. but like just writing, Mm -hmm. just like, either typing it out or writing it down. Like, uh, even if it's like you said, like just goals, I think I find that helpful to get like all the like Mm. half-assed plans in my head, Mm -hmm. like onto paper to make them into full like goals or plans. I've, I find really helpful. That is another point that I learned is like, if you have a, if you have, if you're painting and something goes right, write it down. If something goes wrong, what did you learn from that? Yeah, and then yeah. and then incorporate that into the next thing. And so it's good to always do like a little review after each painting or after each sale, like what went right and what went wrong and right. then like put that into the next one. So it's just this constant learning curve. Yeah, it's like note-taking. I find there's something like uh, having to do with memory and like using other parts of your body besides just your mind churning away. Mm-hmm. Like in somehow, like when you use your body to be like, here's this thought and this observation that I had and you write it down, uh, it becomes easier to remember mm-hmm. in this way. Yeah. I mean, that might be super obvious. But like, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I have a terrible memory, so it, yeah, it's always good to write things down and I always think I can keep it in my head, but yeah, same. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I do need to do more journaling for sure. Yeah. Um, so one thing I want to talk to you about is you were, so you're making visionary art from around 2009 to 2014 mm-hmm. and something that I've seen from you recently in the past, like two years, two and a half years, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, is you've been making these really beautiful, super chunky, like down to the like tonal value, perfect, like landscape paintings. Mm. They're awesome. I love them. Thank you. Yeah. It's so cool. And I, I, I love it. I love a, an artist who just is like, I don't want to do what I was doing before. I'm going to do something totally different. Mm -hmm. Um, so what precipitated that change for you? So, you know, I was talking about that, that like three year long kind of like anxiety attack I had, <laughs> you know, yeah, where yeah. I just like questioned everything, like, you know, existential crisis almost type sure. of deal. And, um, it was really intense. So, you know, I had to like kind of claw my way out of that. And, you know, the way I did it was through therapy, but I also, there were, um, two people that moved into my house who, uh, started a book club and mm-hmm. the book club was for the artist way. Uh, have you heard of this book? I feel like I've heard of it. I definitely have not read it. Though. Oh, I, I'm spacing on the author. I should know this. The artist way. Yeah. It's basically a 12 step program for creatives. 
So okay. if you've like lost your creativity or like there's blocks, it's like an artist block, 12 step program. Nice. So we did this together. We met every week and did a different, you know, chapter from the book. And that's where they, you know, one of the things you get out of that is to write every day three pages a day of just like garbage, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter what um, it is. Stream of consciousness, anything. You could write, I don't want to write this over and over again for three <laughs> pages and that's that counts. <laughs> so, um, but it really helped me get back into the original creative spirit that got me when I was a child because yeah. part of what goes on in that book is they it reconnects you to your inner child. And like you ask your inner child, well, what do you want? What do you need? And like for me, what I needed was to just be free yeah. and inspired, right? And yeah. like I felt shackled to my old art. I felt pigeonholed and it, yeah. I love it. I still love it. And I still want to make vision. You know, I'm not going to never make visionary art again, mm -hmm. but I want to do it when I'm feeling it and right. when I'm actually inspired and I'm not like forcing these, like I felt like every painting that I made had to be this epic, like idea that would change the course of humanity i'm like that's so much pressure yeah i've been you know? there too yeah <laughs> it's like i'm gonna spend a year on this painting uh -huh. and then it's like you know doesn't really move the needle so much you know yeah yeah and i was spending so much time on each painting that i was only making like three paintings a year right and yeah, that's yeah. not enough really no um so i um at that time i started looking at other artists like normal artists you know like <laughs> <laughs> traditional you know painters and and yeah, yeah. i got so inspired by the artists that have the ability to be very loose and yet very realistic at the same, same. time yeah it's like to that. me that is just pure mastery so um i started following our, an artist uh named uh costa Dvorsky, yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. And Big I, fan. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> um, and I actually took a workshop with him in, in Menorca oh, off cool. the coast of Spain. Oh, yeah. So that was like my first introduction to oil painting in 15, I don't know, 12 years, something like that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think I was an oil painter. I didn't like it. And uh, he got me to change my mind on that. Um, Hell yeah. And then I also started to look at some modern impressionistic landscape painters um there's one artist called named erin hansen mm -hmm. she is like the probably most popular impressionist modern impressionist today she's incredible and i just got so inspired seeing these landscapes and then it made me want to go on road trips and it made me want to go get out in there nature and just like i'm like i want to paint this because it'll you know it's like this continuous feedback loop of like Nature inspires me and it Getting inspires to the, next the art, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I just, I saw her work and I thought, okay, I want to do landscapes. I want to do this. I want to, you know, so it just, I just went, you know, changed. And there's some other artists I follow. Um, there's an artist, David Mensing, who I took palette knife painting class from. So that's how I started painting with palette knife. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you about that. Um, obviously, you don't have to give a seminar or get too technical, but... <laughs> What what kind of different palette knives do you use? Because I know there mm. are different brushes, mm -hmm. and I obviously know there are different palette knives. I'm like, you know, for me, yeah. it, they all just kind of mix the paint. Sometimes I'll use them to slap on some texture or whatever. But yeah, um, I don't know what they're called. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> but nice. um, you know, David, my teacher, 
he uses just one knife for everything. Really? And and I don't like doing that. I have a hard time controlling it. Maybe it's because I haven't used it for long enough. I've only been doing this for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So the the knife he uses, which is kind of like the average basic, like tri- conular shaped yeah, knife. Yeah. Uh, that's what I use to mix colors. Um, it's really good for mixing. And um, my favorite knife is is like a rectangular knife. It's got a square yeah. shape. And I use that to make a lot of my shapes and um, marks on the yeah okay. yeah like i i get like really good solid linear strokes that i can describe mountains with um i can also do really cool geometric textures with it yeah. geometric patterns because it's really good for getting this like thick straight line and yeah. also what's cool with that one is you can you can flick it and and yeah. create these like really thick textural like plant plant life type strokes nice yeah and there's also circular ones so you can get a lot of different textures and it's it's really fun nice yeah so are you are you doing these paintings from life or are you using photo references are you traveling everywhere to, to um, do these yeah so i do use photo reference um i often will put the photo in Photoshop and maybe rearrange it a bit, crop it, uh, exaggerate colors. Maybe I'll even paint on top of it in Photoshop and get it to the way I want it. And then mm-hmm. I'll, I'll work from there. Cause I like working in the studio. I, uh, do go on trips to take like massive photo shoots. I take a zillion pictures wherever I go, like way too many. And then I get overwhelmed at how many good ones I have. And I'm like, I can't paint all these. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I have a lot to work from. Um, and I have tried painting on site, uh, plein air painting. It's, it's incredible. It's an incredible, it's really hard and yeah, I, I yeah. definitely want to practice more, but I haven't tried it that much. I've only tried a little bit and it is a whole thing. It is, I mean, you could spend sure. the rest of your life, you know, mastering, trying to master that. It's, it's so hard because the sun is constantly changing. Everything's changing in front of you yeah. like every second. And you just got to like paint from life, but also kind of paint from memory and then like be really fast, fast like mix yeah. all the colors really quick. And yeah. so, um, I'm actually excited to try planar painting with my iPad, which I just got, which Ooh. will be really fun. So nice. We'll see where that goes. Um, I've also noticed that like. You're still using like pretty much a full spectrum of color in most of your new landscapes, mm-hmm. but that they're like, y- you're mixing the color really well so that it's not like super saturated rainbow. Mm-hmm. It's still saturated, but it's got, it's like got this more like realistic tone to it. Did you, you said you took a color theory class. Oh yeah. Is that, is that going hand in hand with? Definitely. With that? Color theory is probably one of the most important things besides composition and values, uh, that I would say to study and perspective, um, and figure, I mean, all of it, (laughs) but color theory is huge. Um, because you can only do so much with just all saturated colors and what really makes the magic is learning how, uh, how to like embed them within all the desaturation and all the muted and all the, the black and white, just, Mm-hmm. You know, there's a whole art form to that. And I'm I'm obsessed with color. That's like one of my main drives to paint is color. And I love the rainbow spectrum and I use it all the time. It's like 
when in doubt, use more rainbows. That's <laughs> what I like to say. <laughs> and so, nice. um, you know, a lot of my visionary art was very, very spectral. Um, and I still like to use that in my landscape art. And so I think that's like the bridge, you know, is the color palette that I use. Um, but I've started to incorporate some more traditional methods, like uh, traditional landscape painting technique that's used is to start with an underpainting that's uh, really bright as a warm tone, like red or pink yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or, or orange, like golden, yellow and orange, uh -huh. and do the whole value study and underpainting with these bright colors. Um, because what happens is when you paint on top of that and you leave a little bit of space between the brush strokes, it creates this vibration effect that is actually way more realistic looking. And that's what the impressionists were doing when they were describing light. It's like mm -hmm. when you have a whole bunch of colors all put together, it's more reflective of, of what light actually is because it's a spectrum of, of rainbows that right. like gets reflected on all kinds of surfaces. And, right. and like light itself is, is just pure rainbow, you know, right. it's like invisible, but it, it only shows itself on the surface of things, but yeah, that's our a, eyes. That's but, a good point. Like any object you look at, it's not just like one flat color or one even flat gradient it's all these like if you look close enough even mm -hmm. this black cloth mm -hmm. if you look look like at the lit part of it it's like you can kind of see if you look hard enough mm -hmm. there is color in there oh yeah definitely yeah. it's uh one thing that they do teach tend to teach in art school or just any kind of art education is is how to really see you know and it's like we just tend to focus on like what they call local color which is you look at an apple and you're like that's red but if you right. really look at the apple you're like well actually there's like all this blue in the shadow and there's a fades to green and there's some purple over there and like yeah. you really look at it and you see that it's full of color and and you know it just gives it life yeah you know when you paint like that and it's it takes away the flatness yeah well it's kind of like language sort of flattens reality mm. and when you're painting you're not really you know sometimes you are but like you're not using the language side of your brain or the language part of your brain so much mm -hmm. and you just observe yeah and you're like okay is this i'll just try and paint what i see and you just match up like mix up as best you can like the color for the thing that you're looking at, I guess. Yeah. And what's so fun about art is that you, you can bend the rules, you know, you can really exaggerate sure. things and yeah. just like do whatever you want, basically. Totally. But I think it's always good to have this like backbone of, of like structure yeah. there, you know. It's like you got to know the rules to break them, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's what they all say. And it's true. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Again, I just I just love your new work and uh congratulations on like finding a new a new lane, I guess. Thank you. I'm I'm really happy to hear that because it's it's very intimidating to change courses. Um especially if, you know, you're successful in in one style of art and and it's like I just felt this deep need to to change and mm -hmm. do what I actually wanted to do because it just doesn't work if you're making stuff that isn't really like you're not inspired by. Did you have people ask you like, were people disappointed at all or? I mean, 
nobody's come up to me and be like, Jessica, I'm really disappointed. <laughs> like, that would you know, be weird, I mean, but I'm like, sure there are people yeah. that are like, oh, I, now she's doing landscapes. That's so boring, you know, and then they just leave. But nobody's ever like told me that. But yeah, I've yeah. had a good number of people tell me that they do support the direction that I'm going in. And nice. they're like, oh, I think you're on, you're like onto something and I want to see what happens. And like, it's, I'm, I'm really grateful for those people because it makes me feel like, pretty solid in my decision and i also it's like as it because it's so experimental uh i'm learning so much as i'm painting which fuels the creative the creative flow right and and it just makes me have even more ideas and i'm like whoa i could make a visionary piece about this with these ideas and then that may oh then i can make like a, a a landscape piece about this and it just all fuels each other the more the more experimental things get the the more open uh i am to the creative flow and spirit and that makes me really excited to just keep painting and make more stuff so oh hell yeah yeah you're crushing it keep it up (laughs) thank you um so i wanted to ask you if you have like any other influences from different mediums oh yeah like definitely music for sure yeah 100 i mean who or, or what what's your favorite my favorite uh <laughs> top five right now no <laughs> so, uh psytrance oh nice okay <laughs> um psychedelic downtown ambient uh-huh. um progressive rock and metal nice um classic rock like psychedelic rock mm-hmm. um and i don't know everything else that i like just kind of I don't know if there's a favorite. I really like soul music. I mm-hmm. love, sometimes I really love sappy girly music, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. just like belting it out. Um, yeah, I like, I like uh, a lot of kinds of music, but I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm like literally that guy who's like, no, I like everything mm-hmm. except for the bad shit, you know, <laughs> like yeah. and that, that comes across in any genre. Like, I don't think you can say like, you know, X mu X type of music is bad. Yeah. But like there are certain things that you just might not vibe with. Yeah. That, and you know? and I I would never, you know, exile an entire genre. Yeah. Like I'm not silly. really that into pop, but there's some pop I'll listen to. Oh, you yeah. know, like there I can find golden nuggets in any genre. That's right. I think. Um and music definitely is a major, just huge influence in my art, but also just like my mental process of life mm-hmm. you know like it just it's very emotional i feel very emotional connection and i'm an emotional person so i mm-hmm. feel like music helps me kind of process my emotions and dancing especially and you know I, before i got into electronic music i was like a rocker metalhead punk uh-huh. you know i was like yeah. moshing in the mosh pit and just like you know thrusting my body at other people thrusting their bodies at me and you know yeah, it's yeah. just like that so it was like it's like a release you know it's like a way to get up get out pent-up energy that i still love i still consider myself like a metalhead rocker type and nice (laughs) yeah um yeah it's important to do that because i think painting is it's so stationary mm. that like if you're not getting some type of exercise or release you will get like pent up emotions and that turns it can turn into like soreness in your body oh yeah or just like chronic yeah things that you have to deal with well any kind of pent up emotion 
especially if it's a negative emotion. Yeah, it, it like embeds itself in your body. And that's what I love so much about like really aggressive music and just like kind of more darker music is that it's like shadow work. It's like a way yeah, to yeah. get your, your, all your little buggies out, you know? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. I find a lot of metalheads to be some of the sweetest people because they have an outlet for, yeah. you know, it's, <laughs> so that's one reason why I've always been really attracted to like that kind of more aggressive form of music um nice yeah i'm also really do you want to keep yeah keep going, going into keep going. <laughs> inspirations yeah. Yeah, yeah gardening huge oh, okay nice i mean most of my art is based on nature mm-hmm. i've i've felt i've felt a really strong connection to nature ever since my first mushroom trip when I was a teenager mm-hmm. <laughs> when you you know you take your first mushroom trip and you have the whole realization that everything is connected and like, right. Right, right, right. you know and so I've always felt really really deeply connected to nature and especially plants like I'm kind of a fairy mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I have so many plants I'm like the crazy plant lady so That's awesome. I just they fuel me so much and are you are you gardening any um like consumable plants like mm-hmm. like tomatoes and yeah. potatoes as like much that. as i can i my climate where i live because it's so foggy it doesn't get hot enough to grow a lot of things so but i can grow because it's mild like we don't get fl- frost or snow so oh. uh i can grow all year round Most, okay. mostly greens cool. i grow a lot of greens um some tomatoes and um yeah, most, <laughs> mostly greens. Okay, nice, nice. Anything else? You listen to uh, like books on tape or... You know, I've never been much of an audio person. Yeah. So... Do you read? Do you like read? I read, but because I have a short attention span, <laughs> I tend to be more of an article reader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like, sure. you know, taking in short snippets of things. I used to read a lot more and I, I prefer nonfiction, um, but I haven't been you know usually when i read it's like i have this stupid habit of renting like 20 books from the library and of course i can't read them <laughs> all in the time frame that i have them yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> you're just like oh i'm interested in this yeah yeah <laughs> so articles i think are better for me because i can digest more information in a short p- shorter period of time um but you know I, I, yeah audiobooks tend to put me to sleep <laughs> so, really yeah it's like the, the voice is so calming i've been really into audiobooks lately what's uh, your favorite well um <laughs> so i just listened to this one what's it called pretty it's called pretty things and uh it's kind of like it's like a thriller like sort of like a heist thriller mm. involving these two women and it was just really great. It was like super, I was like, I definitely want to keep listening to this story to see what happens. Mm-hmm. It was actually recommended to me by, um, Hannah Webb, who was my guest last week. Mm-hmm. So shout out Hannah, if you're <laughs> listening. Um, but yeah, it's like the vibe of it is kind of as, as she described it, even it's like a sort of like a middle-aged woman's reading on vacation. <laughs> But I loved it. I thought it was so tight. And like the cool thing about it is I can have my phone. This is probably too much information and no one cares, but I can have my phone, uh, you know, kind of like on its phone stand right next to the painting. And then I'll have like instrumental music, like some mm. side chill, like blue tech or something in yeah. the background. And so I'm like hearing the story, getting some music and painting. It really, it helps me focus because mm-hmm. like, 
I tend to be like you were describing, like, I, I think I have a bit of ADHD and mm-hmm. like I'll get sucked into the phone or like, oh, I got to do this thing when it's really like not yeah. as important as like sitting down and doing the work, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also love like Dune, uh, sci-fi mm-hmm. and, and fantasy. And, you know, I, I listened to the Game of Thrones audiobook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was really great. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, just, I really I, like them. I don't know. My brain doesn't seem to work very well with audio. Like I just because I start thinking, and then I get lost in my thoughts, and then I can't. And you're like, like Wait, I what, can't. What just happened? Yeah, yeah. So I have to like constantly go back and back. Same thing with reading. Like that's I think that's an ADD thing. It's like you read, but you're not actually digesting it. Sometimes I have to read the same thing like ten times. Yeah. Uh, but it's the same thing with audio. I, I think people who struggle with reading because of that thing they say oh audio change change everything but i have the same problem with audio i just like any time that i stop paying attention it means i have to go back it it almost helps me like not have too many thoughts for some reason because Mm. thoughts are just being blasted into your ear Mm -hmm. (laughs) or something yeah i don't know but um yeah anyway um so yeah, I think we're probably coming close to the end. What I usually do at the end is um, ask you, what advice would you give either your younger self or a, a fresh artist mm. um, now that you've lived as an artist for you know, 15, 20 years? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I kind of said this earlier, but I think you know, finding people that you look up to and and asking them if they would mentor you is probably a really good, I would, I would definitely recommend that over going to school. Sure. Um, and I would also really, if you want to make this a career, I would focus really a lot on business. Like you're going to own a business, you have a business practice, so you need to learn these skills. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, like I would emphasize learning from master artists Mm-hmm. And also, like, learning the the foundations of art, like composition, value, color theory, perspective, figure drawing. It's also important to have that foundation because then you have something to work from. You're not just, like, kind of aimlessly figuring it out. You have, like, a solid base to work from, and then you can really kind of catapult your style out from that. Yeah, you can make, you can actually make more things. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you can have a full on vision. Mm-hmm. It's like some people run up against a roadblock of color or figure. But if you have those things down, like mm-hmm. you can make a whole narrative painting. Yeah. Or and, a whole uh, graphic novel if you wanted to. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> yeah. And what's great about the Internet is they're so, so easy to go do this right now. You could go find artists you look up to, you know, see if they have workshops or ask them like if they teach and you could you know, kind of cherry pick all the things that you like that you want to learn and just cater your own education to that. And I, I would have rather done it that way. Sure. Yeah. I feel you. Um, and then also find your, find your tribe, like find a group of artists that you can kick it with and make art with and talk and just like, you know, so you're not so alone. A lot of artists are very like solitary, alone creatures and sometimes they have a hard time getting out of their shell and i think artists uh tend to relate to each other pretty well so if you can find other artists nearby that you can befriend and like paint with or whatever you're doing if it's not painting it's something else 
um, and just like find people you can relate with and create create a little collective together. Yeah, that's beautiful advice. <laughs> so, okay, real quick before we sign off, tell people where they can find you uh, um, on the internet. So you can find me at jessicaperlsteinart.com. And okay. the way you spell my last name is <laughs> P-E-R-L-S-T-E-I-N. And you can find me on Instagram at Jessica Perlstein. Uh, Facebook is Jessica Perlstein Art. Um, so those are the main ways to find me. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, this is really fun. And uh, I'm glad we got to meet mm-hmm. and do this. Yeah, super grateful that uh, you had me on here. And uh, thank you very much. Yep. Well, thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next time. Thank you again for listening to another episode of RTAF Podcast. If you are interested in supporting the Patreon, that address is patreon.com slash RTAF podcast. And I want to thank all my patrons. You guys keep this engine running. I couldn't do it without you. Go over there and check out the tiers I have available. It includes video, uh, guest suggestions, uh, patron-only posts, and some merchandise. Thank you again for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. Do all those little things that help get RTAF into the consciousness of more and more people. Shh. Yeah. 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 Yeah